you're listening to Baby Steps with Matt and Adam, where we learn the basics of the Christian faith together through steps so small they seem ridiculous. Let's get going. Coming in at number six of the Ten Commandments, you shall not commit adultery. What does this mean, Adam? It means we should fear and love God so that we lead a sexually pure and decent life in what we say and do, and husband and wife love and honor each other. Do you want to hear that again? Yes, please. You shall not commit adultery. What this means is we should fear and love God so that we lead a sexually pure and decent life in what we say and do, and husband and wife love and honor each other. So I think the place to begin with don't commit adultery is talking about the nature and purpose of marriage. Yes, exactly. So as we can see from this commandment and the fourth commandment, God approves of marriage and he's protecting it. Right. It is a necessary human activity. And it's one of the first, it's the first institution he creates. Yes. Is the institution of marriage, meaning there's not a more noble cause in life than to commit yourself to another human being in this kind of relationship. And where does he uh, institute that? In Adam and Eve. Yes. Yeah. In the garden. He says, I've given you a helper. Mm -hmm. And really the view that we have is Adam and Eve and marriage is a relationship of compliment. So you are complimenting each other to achieve what purpose? And there's several. Mm -hmm. The first purpose would be for your blessing and for your life. You have a partner in life where the faithfulness of God and love can abound. But also God has created all things with a sexual desire. Mm -hmm. And so within the confounds of marriage, sex is free. And a good thing. And it's a very good thing. And it produces a lot. It produces children. Mm-hmm. We'll get to that in a second. But really, it it creates and sustains intimacy between man and woman. Um, but for it to work right, there has to be love and honor. And trust. And trust. And, and honesty. And, right. So, it, yeah. So, go, you go for a second. Yeah. No, I just wanted to reiterate what you, what you were saying, mm-hmm. where within marriage, this is a very natural way that God has set up. For us to learn how to love someone that is actually different to right. us. And so we are able to learn to love another person who was created different from us. And that is really good practice. And it's a very intimate practice well, for us. It's a good point. Remember, all of these commandments are love your neighbor, right? Mm-hmm. We put them under love your neighbor. And you don't have a greater neighbor like the first neighbor you should be focusing on before mm-hmm. you try to go out there and save the world is if you married somebody, you should love them. Right. Like that is enough work. If you're trying to love somebody perfectly, good luck. It's, it's hard mm-hmm. because it is outside of yourself. And then from this relationship, uh, children are created and it's within this relationship as we saw previously in the fourth commandment of honor your father and mother yes. that this is where a naturally kids are raised up to learn how to love God and love their neighbors. Right. So we protect marriage mm-hmm. and this relationship because from it will come more people. And as you're creating children, you teach them what love looks like. You teach them about God, that they may grow up to love their neighbors and proclaim there is a God of salvation. Right. And so God uses marriage. That's why it's a great institution. Mm-hmm. It's one of the primary things he creates for us to fulfill our purpose in the world. Yeah, to be fruitful and to multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. So he loves it. And then he's protecting it because 
when marriage is attacked, mm-hmm. the when adultery enters in, it unravels the very fabric of society. Mm-hmm. If you think about society, it is all held together through marriage, hmm. through family units. Okay. And what adultery brings in is a it starts to dissolve those units and brings in uh, mistrust and infidelity into these relationships and they begin to unravel. And so God here is protecting okay. society. So God, you're going from a, a macro. Yes. God's using this to kind of maintain order. I'm going to go from go, a micro. Go for it. Where when you commit adultery, you're doing the meanest possible thing you can to a neighbor. Correct. Like if my neighbor has a wife who he loves and he's trying to cherish and I steal her from him, mm-hmm. they in marriage have become one, right? right? I'm cutting him in half. Besides his own life, this is the one way I can really devastate him. Mm-hmm. And so God's like, we are not the people who devastate one another and break something that God has brought together and made one and made productive. And so we stay away from adultery. Mm-hmm. The, the reason too that he has to, God has to say this is because in the Jewish context, they're getting married early. Right. Everyone's pretty much required to get married. And um, so they came up with laws. They did not allow prostitution. There Mm -hmm. was no other outward working for sexual sins. And so the primary way was to commit adultery Mm -hmm. with another married woman. And Mm so we are not going to do that because it's destroying who we are. It's destroying your neighbor. And we are the people who love our neighbor. Correct. So within that, though, living in a broken world, recognizing that this is going to be a struggle and that for anyone who is married, you quickly realize, oh, this isn't an easy task. Right. That needs to be said. It's just it's not easy to be married. Mm -hmm. Um, Not because the spouse is difficult, but because we're sinners. Mm -hmm. And so to stay married requires effort to enjoy your marriage and really find the blessing and the fruitfulness of it requires some putting something in. Mm-hmm. And so we want to protect. So at, at our church, we want to protect the marriages. And so I had some ideas here from the catechism that because we live in a fallen world and we're kind of constantly bombarded with sexual images, with pornography, with sexual confusion. With and, and even attacks against the institution of marriage itself. Right. And so there are some very just helpful guides that come from the scripture and that are worked out here in the catechism. Right. So they say, remember, when you're, when you're having a hard time in marriage, remember your vows and that God has joined you in marriage and promises to be with you. Like, remember that this is a good God thing. Yeah. It, Jesus says, um, what God has united, let no man separate. Right. I say that at the end of every mm-hmm. marriage I do. Um, here's some stuff though, that most people may not be prepared in their marriage. I try to prepare them in premarital counseling, Mm -hmm. but, uh, when you're going through some hard stuff, confess to each other that you're both sinners and in need of forgiveness and then trust in Christ's forgiveness and speak forgiveness to each other. Yeah. I, so this is, I think one of those things where we're just like quickly dismiss and are quick to say like, Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry too. But Really using the language, my wife and I have been slowly building up the habit of using the language of, please forgive me. Right. I, I wasn't caring for you and in it, that instance. It, and then having her say, I forgive you. Right. 
that language is very powerful and unique. And it, even within me as a pastor, I realize how difficult and against my nature it is just to say the words, please forgive me, and to hear, I forgive you. Yeah, it's awkward, and it shows the need for the gospel to constantly be preached mm-hmm. to us. Because my wife will go, I don't need to forgive you. Just don't do it anymore. Right. I'm like, no, I need your forgiveness. I need to know you're not going to just put this in your little shelf of anger <laughs> yes. or my shelf of anger. So you confess to your ch- each other. Yes. Then what we recommend and what the catechism recommends is you go to church together. You read God's word together. You pray together. We feel this is essential for every marriage, that for it to be anchored on the faithful love of God, you need to rally around the places where God makes himself known. So you rally around church where he is there. Right. You rally around his word. You pray together. And so often, these are the last things we do. We would rather just go straight to counseling. And instead of going, hey, remember we did this. We took vows before God. That means he cares about it. And you know why you go to church to strengthen your marriage? It's because the church is the bride of Christ. And if you want to see a working, beautiful marriage, it's between Christ and the church and Christ's unconditional love towards his broken bride. Right. And you're going to come to church and see a bunch of people who have sinned Mm -hmm. all gathered around the word of God and hearing God say, I forgive you. We're going to work this out because I've committed to you. Yes. Well, then the last idea they have is visit then. If if you're struggling in your marriage, visit with the pastors Mm -hmm. for... Confession and absolution. And if need be, then we ask the pastor for help in finding a Christian counselor, which are all good things. Um, for As pastors, we would love to lead, and we have led people through individual and private confession and yeah. absolution because, again, it's God has called us to be the people who say to you, God really forgives you. Yes. And he is not going to give up on this marriage. And it's important to him. Well, Moving on then, that's how you can protect marriage. And the more you invest into your spouse, the um, more difficult, I believe, it will be to follow through in adultery and leaving or breaking up someone else's relationship. But we have to deal with the reality of this commandment, which is first, it's a curb, right? Mm -hmm. So do not commit adultery. It's all about your behavior. Yes. It addresses external Activities. So we always look at Jesus' reinterpretation, really, or his further interpretation, which gets to the heart. Mm-hmm. And he says to the Pharisees, yeah, you think you haven't committed adultery, but I say to you, anybody who lusts after a woman has committed adultery in his heart. Mm-hmm. So the standard becomes higher. And so we look in the mirror and we have to say, oh, my heart has wanted to break my relationship or fantasized about some other thing outside of marriage. Right. And so this is a mirror. This is where the law shows you your heart. And then we repent. And when, when we're dealing with repentance and asking forgiveness, we always try to put it to one of the Ten Commandments. That's right. the most helpful way. So anytime there's uh, pornography or adultery, any kind of sexual misconduct, yes. or it, even if it's just stirring in your heart, which it naturally is mm-hmm. in our culture, I personally will often say, Lord... Even though I haven't committed anything, I just know there's adultery in my heart. Mm -hmm. And would you forgive me and heal me? Um, That's the mirror of the law. It's not always like, oh, I've committed it. But it's recognizing it's there. It's in me. And um, would you forgive me? 
and he says, I forgive you. And that's where the law then starts to become a guide and lead us. Forgive me. I don't want that to be a part of my marriage. I don't want that to be a part of my life. And he will guide us then into this sixth commandment to be the people who actually don't carry and nurture lusts or any kind of sexual fantasies outside of our marriage, that he's given us a place of fulfillment for that and with great purpose. Yeah. And this is where we become the people who not only value marriage, but protect it. Right. This is the sixth commandment. You shall not commit adultery. What does this mean, Adam? We should fear and love God so that we lead a sexually pure and decent life in what we say and do, and husband and wife love and honor each other. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time.